0: You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and is
1: simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. You feeling the sweat, Taylor?
0: I don't have air conditioning, so.
1: Oh, you are definitely feeling the sweat then. Well, every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. I would really love $7 billion. Even just like 700 but like $7 billion, that's a lot of goddamn money. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on
0: all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the big move that we were all waiting for to happen, Sabres fans everywhere, has finally happened. The team has acquired Vinny Hino-Stroza. Huge signing today. One year, just over a million dollars. I mean, I'm ready to start talking about maybe winning the division next year.
0: You know, it's an interesting day that the Sabres acquired a guy named Vinny and my cousin, but they are two different people.
1: But not your cousin, Vinny.
0: Right. I do have a cousin, Vinny, but he lives in Indiana. So
1: not a hockey player, though, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it obviously isn't him.
1: Right. And of course, the the big news of the day or lack thereof is that at the time of us recording this, Jack Eichel has still not been traded. We're recording right now at about six o'clock Eastern time. The Sabres have not moved Jack Eichel. Most recently, we've heard from, I believe, Bob McKenzie had said on TSN that things have gone very quiet on that front. Earlier in the day, it really, it seemed like Vegas was maybe going to be gearing up to make a move. Then there were some rumblings that Philip not know was going to go there, but then he ends up going to Los Angeles, which pretty much takes them out of the running for Eichel seemingly. A lot and, of
0: money, a lot but, of money for
1: Philip a lot, of, a lot of money, but he is very good. Um, and then, you know, Vegas makes some other moves trading for uh, Evgeny Dadinov, which I thought was pretty confusing to be honest. Um, and now they are right up against the cap. I think they're under a million. Uh, they have under a million in cap space while still having to send two RFAs, one of which I believe is Nolan Patrick, who they had just acquired. Minnesota reports then of them seemingly pulling out because of the price being too high. Anaheim still lingering, it seems like, but no official word, whether they're fully in or out. And so at this point, we really don't have a whole lot of anything. And, To be honest, neither do the Sabres because a lot of guys left today. Jacob McCabe. what Jacob, why did I just say that? Jake McCabe (laughs) signed by the Chicago Blackhawks on a four-year deal. We had just found out a little while ago that Lena Solmark is going to division rival the Boston Bruins to be their new number one. The Sabres... In addition to signing, uh, Hino Stroza ended up bringing back Drake Cagula. As you had mentioned before, they also made a move to uh, re sign former Rochester American and Western New York native Sean Malone. And most recently, the trade that had happened today, actually, which I will give, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm still salty about Ryan Hart. I'm mad that they haven't traded Eichel yet. But this trade for Will Butcher, I'm a pretty big fan of. I have to think you are too. The Sabres acquired Butcher and a fifth round draft pick for future considerations, which essentially means that they acquired him for nothing. And the Devils ended up retaining one million dollars worth of salary for this year. So he'll his cap hit, he currently was sitting at about like 3.3 million, I think. So that'll be just a bit over 2 million. At this point, they still have not had anything figured out in goal. Carter Hutton also signed with Arizona for whatever reason. So we're partying like it's 2014, baby. The tank off is back on Sabres versus Coyotes. The Sabres saw the Coyotes sign a blind goalie. And you know what? They said, we'll do you one better. We're not even going to have a goalie next year. So we really don't know what's going to be happening on that front. Devin Dubnik seems like a name that probably makes sense um, as a possibility. Maybe they look at Aaron Dell. Maybe, you know, they just, maybe they let Dustin Tokarski run with it. Who really knows at this point, goaltending I'm not getting too bent out of shape on just because this team is not going to be competing next year. However, it, the, the clock is ticking on this Eichel deal. And I know people can say, Oh, well, you know, they don't have to move him technically until his no movement clause kicks in next year, which is um, right at free agents at the start of free agency next year. However, this dude is not going to be on this roster opening night. And even if there was a possibility of that, I do not want that to happen because I don't want him to pretty much like pull a Kawhi Leonard in, the, in a sense where he could either potentially sit out or it's just going to be a lingering cloud over the younger players. I don't think that there's any scenario where, you know, I've seen some people point out like, oh, well, what if he comes back and he plays the first, you know, 20, 30 games the next season, kills it, and they trade him at the deadline. I don't think that's a realistic possibility for a number of reasons, one of which that I haven't even mentioned yet is the fact that not many teams are going to be willing to have like 10 million in cap space opened up at the trade deadline midseason. So that's kind of why it felt like a deal right now would have made sense. Um, Not to say that, you know, like I said, we could still potentially have this news break before this episode even gets released. But with that being said, though, it it really would have made a lot of sense to do it before the draft. It would have made a lot of sense to do it before free agency. And, you know, now it kind of seems like we're trending towards a a place where the Sabres are going to just let the dust settle and make a move from there. You know, it remains to be seen how much that's going to hurt a potential return or help even for that matter, potentially not to be too pessimistic. But um, I'm not really feeling good about this right now. And I'm curious where your head is at, Taylor, with regards to Eichel and his eventual trade.
0: Well, if teams are really ready to move on and do their entire offseason without him and like basically set up their team for next year without really making the trade a priority, and if they're still hung up on his neck, then I don't know if it really gets to a bad point, then you probably do have to bring him back next year, which is crazy. I mean, there's all these negatives that you obviously laid out, but it's like, it's that or take a bad trade Then I bring him back for at least the beginning of the year. Like it's not totally unprecedented. Joe Thornton got traded uh, in the, the beginning of a season in a, I believe like November, December of 05. It's obviously much more common for if there's any really high salary guy that still has a lot of uh, his prime left is going to get traded. It's usually in the off season. like O'Reilly got traded on July 1st, the equivalent of today, three years ago. But I don't know. It's such a weird thing. I mean, I think to one point you made there, if, if there is a trade midseason next year, I don't think that the cap space will be a problem because the Sabres would be able to easily take on any uh big contracts the other team wants to dump now the other team has to have that's a contract so, they want to that's the thing
1: that's very circumstantial
0: it is yeah but that means like for example if they're trading with vegas vegas is dumping riley smith on us or i mean i don't i don't know where else uh you go with that with other teams it'd have to be case by case like i mean did, would the kings want to dump quicker or dustin brown on us like i don't know now that they've had their they've pretty much done their offseason they don't need to trade for eichel I don't know. It's, it's, it doesn't look good, but I think things like this can change quickly. Who knows? Another team could emerge. Another team might look at this and go, wow, can we really steal Eichel right now? Who knows? I don't, I don't really know what these other teams heads are at, but it's hard for me to see it happening very soon now, which is going to be annoying because it means it's going to hang over us. uh, Even if it isn't currently hanging over the other people on the team, like, I don't know how much a lot of them care if they know he's going to be gone anyway. Um, But yeah, it's a, It's not good. No, (laughs) it's
1: definitely not. I think one of the things that's really bothered me too throughout the whole discourse with all of this is that I understand that this neck injury is very serious. I, I mean, well, actually, I shouldn't even say that because we don't even really know the extent of it. I know that the potential of getting the procedure done is serious because it hasn't been done on another professional hockey player before. However, though, I am, I don't know if I've ever been more convinced of a hypothetical in my life than I am of the Sabres trading Jack getting a less than ideal return with all these people saying, Oh, he's a liability. Oh, I don't know. You know, Rangers fans saying that they wouldn't trade like their fifth round pick last year because he's untouchable in an Eichel trade that bullshit. But it it just seems like such a lock that he's going to get traded next year, regardless of what the return is going to be. And he's going to light it up. Like he's going to be back to his old self. And that's what really bothers me so much about this is that, these people who are talking about you know scoffing at the idea of trading a team's top prospect back for a guy who forget being one of the top 10 centers in the league who is one of the top 10 players in the league at full health and this isn't somebody too who is you know 28 29 30 years old and they're over the hump like Eichel is firmly in the middle of his prime and even if it did take time for him to rehab from this neck injury if you're going into it and maybe you have your his medical records, whatever, like you're going into this, knowing that you have a plan and that you see a way forward to, to figure this out. So like, if you're a team that's going to be trading for him, you're doing that because you have the mindset that like, okay, we're going to be able to get him through this or we agree with him on the surgery. We'll let him get it. Or, you know, we don't think that he needs it and he'll agree with us. And maybe he's just doing this because he's trying to just get out of there regardless of that, like we're talking about a guy who's 24 years old in the prime of his career. And again, I cannot reiterate this enough who is a top 10 player in the NHL when he's healthy. And you know, I I was watching TSN's coverage earlier and they brought up a really good point about Jack Eichel Taylor. How many pure number one centers do you think you're that there are in the NHL? Not like guys who are the number one center for their team, but somebody who is a bona fide, pure straight up number one center, maybe like, 12-13 12-13 maybe like, like, you're talking about, like guys I was like Eichel of, you mean uh, yeah, like of that stature where it's like you are an undeniable number one center like Philip Deneau he's going to Los Angeles right now he'll like I mean they have Kopitar already but like he's not like a number one center like there are teams that like don't have a, like Vegas is a perfect example William Carlson even though he's their second line center or their first um and center what's his name the guy who Chandler Stevenson Chandler Stevenson like that is not a a first line center there's a lot of teams in the league that don't have that and not even to say of like Eichel's stature but just generally speaking in that mold there's no more than 15 like half the teams in the league do not have that guy right so when a guy like that becomes available it is it's insane to me that we're at this point now that we're having to be like, oh, well, Trevor Zegras isn't even an option. Like there's no way or Quentin Byfield. That's not even an option because at the end of the day, a guy like Zegras and a guy like Byfield, who are the two like pie in the sky, probably top options that the Sabres could realistically, realistically get in return, them hitting their absolute peak, peak performance peak of whatever their potential is, is Jack Eichel. So it's, insane to me that there's this just posturing going on and, and this hesitation happening and i get it like with the neck injury i i understand that but i don't know do you really think that this guy's career is going oh do we have something happening we got news the sabers oh, no. have
0: signed mark Pisick to a one-year contract get the fuck out of here
1: how they serious. really
0: yeah uh let's see <laughs> for nine hundred thousand dollars wow
1: I, all right. I'm fine with it. I mean, I guess they're signing a lot of defensemen. they need forwards, but like I, we're, we well, were now, both
0: Mark Pesek lovers back in the day. Now I think they were filled out, right? Basically their defensive court. They're like, done the top now. I had, they
1: have to be done now. I can't with imagine being,
0: with non two-way guys. Cause it's now it's going to be Darlene, Yoki Haru, Miller, uh, Robert Haig, uh
1: Butcher and Pesek. Butcher
0: and Pesek. And then you have like Bryson and Samuelson as your two-way guys. Yep and matt erwin is maybe a two-way guy <laughs> we'll see wow i cannot believe
1: that they brought back mark pesic that's great i'm not even like excited about what he could bring to the team it's just more so like the name i'm just I- i'm really all about it <laughs> it's just funny it's it's great that they brought him back that's great wow Good for him. Mark Pesce, yeah. welcome back. I can't wait. I really liked him a lot when he was with the Sabres, too. I was at the
0: game, actually, that he scored the butt goal. Oh, really? Arizona. Yeah, I was there. So I was at a Potter's Field, lovely establishment in South Buffalo, oh, uh, South Buffalo, West Seneca border. And after the game, a member of the Coyotes came to the bar. It was Tim Kennedy. Oh, get out Fish of here. Bishop timing graduate. Yeah. Anyway, so... That's, that's a decent signing. All right. So the defense is done forwards. I I don't, I don't know what to think here.
1: Yeah, I get it. And also one last thing on uh, Pesek too, a great follow by the way on Twitter for anybody who doesn't already follow him already. Jay fresh hockey is like excellent chart dude who does a really, really great job. He actually just posted um, Pesek's minutes or his, his charts from last year and did not get a lot of minutes. However, in the minutes that he got, though, he was really, really solid. His war was a 70, he was 77% there. Um, goal 60, 97%. Yeah. I mean, like it's, you know, he's obviously not the kind of guy that's going to drive play or anything like that, but he's just like a really solid, steady defenseman in his own zone, which is fine. Like that's the kind of guy that realistically you kind of need for some of the defensemen that we have on this team for some of the younger guys. So yeah, this, I'm, is, this is I, nice. I'm with it. I'm with it. That's great wow this is really this is wow look at us getting to find out news i literally thought you were going to say something about eichel at first i was like you got to be kidding me that we're going to be finding this shit out while we're recording right
0: now <laughs> no nothing with eichel yet uh yeah pizzic yes yeah, Alan that was uh one of the first things that made me doubt tim murray was the pizzic trade yep and then it made all the worse by kulakov basically breaking his butt and uh not being good that whole year and then being able to walk in free agency and then us not really seeing Rasmus Asplund until this year.
1: Right. Right. So, oh, that's pretty neat. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm glad that he's back. He'll get uh, I mean, he's, he's got to only be what, 30, 29.
0: Yeah. I would say somewhere around there. I think he was the first round pick in 2010. Yeah. Which would make him, yeah, probably 29 going good into for this. him, man.
1: Season. I'm, I'm like, very happy about this again i don't expect that he's going to have anything like of a crazy impact because the team we we know is going to be bad next year but for you know filling out the rest of the d having some some of the younger guys uh insulated a little bit i think Pissick is a is a nice pickup
0: yeah this is a nice time all right so wow. okay so a couple this is how things. bad
1: things are right now this is this is the state of the sabers right now that we fucking signed mark pesic and we're like oh sick cool
0: yeah Uh so this is this is wild so the interesting thing with this will butcher thing i don't think we've talked about him too much yet but you kind of said that you're set you're happy about it so the, the devils needed to do this to facilitate the cap room for dougie hamilton how crap strapped are the devils
1: I mean, they just signed him to nine years, or a $9 million deal. I mean, AAV. I mean, that's a lot of money tied up in your blue line. I don't know what other deals they have, but I mean, I think they spent like four four 4.5 on Bernier today, which is a pretty good number.
0: <laughs> Wait, um, really? Oh my yeah, God, man. I didn't see that Two one. years,
1: 4.5 million, yeah.
0: I'm just surprised because they, they have like no veterans. Like they traded Zajac and Palmieri. I mean, I don't know, maybe they're just eager to get rid of Will butcher that they're going to hold on to 1 million. I don't know. That's interesting. Also. So-
1: I mean, I, I was also surprised too, though, for that matter, that it, the New Jersey devils retained money. Like I feel like I would have rather they didn't retain anything and we get like a fourth instead of a fifth. Cause why would Buffalo need money retained when we're going to be struggling to get to the cap floor?
0: Yeah. I, that's a good point, actually. How do they? what do the need money? I don't
1: at? know. I, I don't. I don't really quite. Get... I don't
0: understand. So um, okay. So I'm thinking about the forwards on this roster. With even without Eichel right now, they, they, they still actually kind of have a decent amount of forwards from last year. I mean, I assume well a decent amount, not anything to fill it out yet. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to fill out the roster to get to the cap floor with these forwards. You know what I mean? Like I have no. I, I
1: mean Taylor. I, it's. <laughs> it's a great question to ask because when you think about, I mean, we've talked about this just, I think on here, but even like offline too, um, you need to get like a first line center some and not, you know, as I'm saying with like how Jack, but like somebody to play first line center, whether that comes from somebody who's still available in free agency, or maybe it's like a bigger veteran contract that you bring back in an Eichel trade you need to have somebody to fill in that role. So I have to think that that would probably take up a decent chunk of change because again, cousins and Middlestat need to be rolling as two and three C and not being bumped up to playing outside of where they're both ready to be at right now.
0: I'm looking at this. No, they, if they wanted, they actually have 12 forwards from last year that they could fill out a lineup with. Now I wouldn't fit like maybe handed wise and center and all that stuff, but like they have 12 forwards under contract from last year. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of these guys. And I'm not counting Michael. Jurgensen's Oposo, Asplund, Bjork, Casula, Cousins, Eakin, uh, sorry, I scroll down a little bit. Casey Middlestadt, Olafson, Rootsalainen, Jeff Skinner, and Tage. Yeah. Thompson. That's 12 forwards they have under contracts. <laughs> Where is the rest of this money coming 20 more million dollars.
1: It's a, a hell of a question. Hell of a question. And yeah.
0: like, and also, like, if you have another forward, who is dropping to the extra spot? Who's who's sitting in the press I mean, box? Tage. That's fine with me.
1: Eakin has to be. It's got to be Eakin. Like,
0: yeah. Is Tage two way? By the way,
1: no, no. He has a. He had that three year, one point four million dollar deal he signed before last season. All
0: right, yeah. right. Cool. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, Eakin obviously will be, he'll probably be in the box quite a bit. Or maybe they'll, I don't know, maybe they'll get rid of him somehow. Maybe he'll just go on waivers.
1: That'd be nice.
0: Man. All right. So, Allmark, that's that's the other guy. He's a—he's uh, in Boston now. And yeah. I didn't find out till today, I didn't hear about this. The Tukarask is out for the first few months of the season. So, Allmark will probably be their starter, at least at the beginning. And then in the future, I guess he's their projected future starter because they gave him four years, five million. I want to know part of that. Obviously, I'm fine with giving Omar whatever for two years, since these two years sailor cap won't be a consideration, really. Oh, wait, but, wait,
1: I have horrible news for you, Taylor. Horrible
0: yeah. news. What's I'm that? so
1: sorry to report that. Uh, it was just announced that Matt Irwin has joined the Capitals. So your favorite defenseman will not be here next season to uh, take up a roster spot.
0: Well, you know, you don't really get over these things. You just kind of get through them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. So, Allmark, I think, I was like, yeah, sure. You could throw him two years, $12 million. That's too much AAV, but it doesn't matter. It's only coming out of the Pagula's pockets, and they got to get to the floor anyway. To see what he is, you know, a little bit more of finding finding out about him. Because Allmark, uh, it feels like he's been around forever, because he has, but he has never started half of their games in a season. Last year... He started about half considering that the season got cut short, but so he came up as a 22 year old when Leonard got hurt in 2015, 16 and played 20 games, played one game the next year, five games the year after that, and then 37, 34 and 20. Now this year he would have been the starter, but he was hurt for a lot of that time. So he's played at 112 games, sorry, started 112 games, played 117 and he has a nine 12 save percentage. I would be a little bit concerned if I was a Bruins fan, just like I was earlier today about the Sabres giving him four years or more. I don't know. I would yeah. like we we praised him a lot this year, but this was his best year, and he got hurt twice in a shortened season. Like, it's a
1: legitimate concern.
0: It, it is, and I mean, some people like Michael Blake McCurdy just tweeted out a thing that over the last three years he's actually saved uh, almost nine goals under expected, which makes him a fairly average goalie that sounds like a lot of goals but consider three seasons worth of games that's what did I just say 34 37 and 20 it's like 90 something games so okay every 10 games he allows a goalie shouldn't so that's not bad it's average but paying 20 dollars or 20 million dollars for his average goalie is a little bit exorbitant especially one that seemingly there's no proof that he can stay on the ice right now here's the problem I think there's a problem you might agree with this they don't have a goalie.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's
0: a that's a little bit of an issue. I think they should have a goalie. I've always been I a mean, big fan of having a goalie.
1: I would probably agree. I mean, at this point, though, if we're just like trying to get Shane right this year and then go for Bedard next year, why not just roll it with, sk- with six skaters out there? You know, what do you have to lose other than losing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess like sixty games. Yeah or more.
1: I mean, I'm saying 70, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. So they're in a weird spot. There's been a lot of movement with goalies today already. So a lot of guys are gone. They're off the market and the guys that are on the market are not very appealing, but I think baby. Yeah. That's honestly one of the better options right now. uh, Save, you know, if they can't trade, I mean,
1: I'm going to call it Aaron Dell is going to be the starting goalie for the Sabres next year. You heard it here first, folks. I'm calling it Aaron Dell.
0: Do you think Vanacek's available now? We tweeted I this from, the account, that but... from
1: our account earlier. Actually, yeah, but I mean, Jesus, I would hope so. What are they going to do? They can't keep him. There's no way. You have Grubauer and Dreijer there. You have no reason to keep him there.
0: No reason. Yeah, he's got value, but. They might be stupid enough to just put him in the AHL. It's like they've made some not good decisions so far. But
1: that's why the Sabres need to be all over that though. Like there, there's no reason why the Sabres should not be the number one team in on that. No reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That is just like such a high upside move that could end up panning out so well for you. Like it, it would be foolish to not, I'll, I will legitimately be mad if another team gets him because it's not going to be a high price. He's only played half a season in a COVID season and he's, I mean, he's young, like, and he's a goalie, so it's not like the cost could be that that much that somebody's going to outbid you. Like, does a third-round pick get it done next year? I mean... I don't see why not. I'd do that. I would definitely do that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Vandacek, he looks solid against us. Mm-hmm. I know everyone did, but he was one of them. So, it's going to be an interesting year, I think, because I, I assume the Sabres get two bad goalies for the NHL. And then maybe they stick with Tokarski and the AHL with UPL. But I tweeted a prediction, not from our account earlier, that I think is less of a prediction and more of like a worst-case scenario for this year, I think. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. So my thought is the Sabres get two bad goalies. I tweeted that before every good goalie was gone or every decent goalie was gone. So first part of the predict- prediction is looking correct. UPL looks just okay in Rochester, not enough to get excited about. So everyone turns their attention to Eric Portillo. And they're like, look at this guy. He has like a 935 at Michigan. But then, so everyone's hyped. The
1: college hockey version of the dream team.
0: Yeah. But then there's a small group of people, you know, miserable people like me who are like, are you sure he's good? Because he's basically playing on an NHL team. I mean, people are going to be like, shut up. That's stop being so negative. And then, then he's not going to be good.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, who knows, though? <laughs> Maybe Beneers ends up playing in Seattle. Maybe Kent Johnson makes the makes um, Columbus off the bat. Maybe Owen Power plays here. I
0: guess that's, Good. Not, that's not impossible.
1: Not out of the realm of possibility. He's pretty yeah. powerful. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking for a way out of this podcast for next year. That's really awesome. I'm just going to make corny jokes <laughs> about people's <laughs> names. <laughs>
0: uh okay so let's see what else happened today i mean i don't is anything else not happened really, with the
1: no not really it was mainly just other teams they really didn't do much they were pretty inactive today which is unsurprising but also disappointing for sure
0: what about your good pal tony d'angelo <laughs> finally getting the sixth chance he deserves oh
1: i know <laughs> i know you know they they say he's a changed man now that he he's changed his ways and he had said something that it was like, you know, his, his competitive spirit made him act the way he was like how, when he would pretty much, you know, be like openly racist and sexist. It's yeah. You know, when you, when you can give an entitled little prick an eighth chance, you, you simply have to do it. You know, when you can bring in somebody who was literally kicked off of his last team for what a piece of shit that he was, you got to do it, you know? So, Just masterclass by the, by the Canes there. That's, that's really great. And I think that's a reminder that even if you've had moments where you've wanted to soften up on them, you shouldn't.
0: No, I, so this is why I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a very, very late victory lap. I was right about the Eric Stahl trade. Everyone was like, no, he has more value than Marcus Johansson. Sure. He does. To me, he has negative value, but I mean, The fact, I mean, can people not see this coming from a mile away? Like, sure, Johansson was useless. Eric Stahl was useless when he was in Buffalo. He was completely useless. He -hmm. was completely washed. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary to think a guy that's like 38 is all of a sudden, like, going to look worse when he's playing on, you know, especially coming here, coming here of all places. That's true. And then what happened? And then he went to Montreal and everyone's like, oh, I wish him well. (laughs) What the hell? I mean, like, you can't be like, oh, get over Carolina. It was 15 years ago. You can't say that when nothing of importance has happened since. S- say for Ottawa in 2007, you can get a little bit mad about Boston in 2010 and hurting Vanek and maybe a little bit mad at 2011, then blowing the series in game six against the Flyers. Besides that, I mean, this is a whole lot of forgettable nothing that's going on here for like a decade. Mm-hmm. So that's what we still have to be mad at. That's when it was worth getting mad about things. Absolutely. And that team like legitimately cost us uh, a chance at the Stanley cup. You can be mad for the rest of your life. People are still I mean, mad about the Cowboys and the giants. That is,
1: I, I had seen a couple of people recently talk about this and refer to like the, the Oh six team. I don't think it's off base to say that like, even though like in 99, like they made it to the cup before the Oh six team was the most likely team to win a Stanley cup for sure. I think in Buffalo Sabres history, like, that team, I think, was the most primed to do it for sure.
0: You think more than the team that was in Game Six overtime?
1: I do because they were they were significantly better. That team was literally the only reason that they were there was because of Hashek. That and so that's the thing. Like, if the Sabers don't have those injuries on defense, if Connolly is still there, they waltz to a Stanley Cup easily. Yeah,
0: but at what they point? Dog
1: walk, Carolina. I, I wholeheartedly <laughs>
0: believe that. So at what point, though, did they have the highest probability to win the Cup in 06? And would you say that's higher Probably than being after, in overtime in game
1: six of the Stanley I, Cup? Listen, I, I I don't disagree, but I still think that in terms of just talent and then the also the road to get there, if that team were to be healthy, I, I would take – I'll put it this way. This is the probably the best way for me to put the point I'm trying to make in my head. If that team in 06 is fully healthy, I would take them, knowing that they would stay healthy through the remainder of the playoffs, I would take that from round one of the playoffs all the way through, then I would take a do-over of the entire series against Dallas. I'm that confident in that team. Oh, if you're
0: going to do the entire series as a do-over, then – yeah, I, I would but say, that's the thing. especially if you give series, the other team health. Yeah. Well,
1: that, entire se- that entire team gets a do-over, or they get a do-over on that series, but the Sabres in 06 would have a, a redo of the entire playoffs. And I would still take that, like, for sure. I would rather take 05-06 Sabres at the start of the playoffs fully healthy than I would take the 99 Sabres in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals on.
0: Hmm. This is You know, the most interesting wrinkle here is Ottawa because mm-hmm. – Ottawa should have won the cup that year, but Hackett got hurt, and he's involved again, obviously in 06. And if he didn't get hurt at the Olympics, I think Ottawa will, like walks to the Stanley Cup and maybe even wins again the next year, and they keep hashing. Because, but that's that's not really the what if here to me. The what if here is that Ottawa team. That I think is I think it's probably the best team in the East that year, but they lost to us because Emery was so bad, mm-hmm. and like yeah, they had some overtime stuff. They went overtime in game, games one and three, uh, so I don't. That's 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 kind of the holdout for me because there's no reason that they wouldn't beat Philadelphia again.
1: Well, and that's also not taking into account anything, because I mean, looking back, I don't necessarily know this off the top of my head, but any injuries with like Dallas or who the Sabres may have been missing in 99 too. So, like, that's obviously all circumstance. I guess I'm trying to just say that like I in my I I really think that that team, and maybe it's just me holding on to my youth and nostalgia, but That was the team to do it for me. I I just, I still look back and like that. I don't know if I will ever get over that until the day that the Sabres won a Stanley cup because they far and away, I mean, they would have beaten Carolina. I don't think without any question. And they would have steamrolled Edmonton. Like it would, I, that wouldn't have even been close. I don't know. know The thing that really
0: bothers me about Carolina is that when they got to the cup, they faced Edmonton. So that's like, that should be an easy one. That Edmonton's one of the long line of uh, teams that got there with a hot goalie. And then the goalie wasn't hot in the cup. But that's different because they just hurt Dwayne Rollison in game one. I forgot. I don't even remember the guy's name who had to step in for Rollison, honestly. But he completely blew game one mm-hmm. for the Oilers. And then it went to game seven, which is very annoying. I mean, that wow. Oilers team is, again, it's <laughs> one of the worst cup teams ever. It's, oh, yeah. it's right there with this year's Montreal.
1: Did you see our interaction on Twitter from a couple of days ago with uh, a follower of ours who made me feel older than I think I've ever felt in my entire life? What do you say? I had tweeted in response to the hurricane signing Tony D'Angelo. I had said, as if we needed more reason to hate the Hurricanes. And uh, great sport. Thanks josh very much um josh civiletti is his name he's a follower of ours uh he said why would we hate the hurricanes and i responded 2005 2006 this man responds oh i'm too young wow uh, well that ru- that like ruined me i like just started like laughing my ass off when i saw that response because i was like wow i'm 27 years old but i probably should go get my aarp card now like i'm i'm done my life's over too young too young for 2005 2006 then
0: why do you like the sabers <laughs> what are you yeah josh are you okay man <laughs> are you good I mean, what got you in here what you got in? The, what got you in the door pal because my first year they made the cup and then they made the playoffs the year after and then they like were a uh i don't want to say what away let's say an arm hair away from making the conference finals in the third year i watched and then some bad stuff happened. <laughs> they almost got bought and moved. Mm. Uh, and then they got bought by a guy that kept them here and they got really good. And then, yeah. you know, I don't know, let's not get into what happened after that. Yep. So
1: enter the chat too.
0: Yes. Good to see Z Z. you, us. But yeah, so uh, it's such a, uh, such an interesting time because they're looking back like the, that was a really good window for them, like really post lockout. Yeah. And I, I, I think sometimes I have takes that make people like furious. Cause like not this take, obviously the Sabres could in the way things are going by the conference finals, they should have won in 06. you know, but that's strong a very specific point in time. Like at the beginning of the conference finals or late in the second round at this point, they should win. Whereas you could, you could just draw further back in time. Like I just did And like, what if Hachick didn't curve here, that stuff like that. But you could also uh, say in 06-07 even though the Sabres won the president's trophy, that they were really only the fourth best team. And they were just like the hottest that year. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they got beat by Ottawa in the playoffs, they got beat. Maybe it shouldn't have been in five games, but they got outplayed. Right. And then when you look at the Western Conference Finals, I mean, look at the Stanley Cup. Ottawa got murdered that Stanley Cup by Anaheim. And Anaheim had played a a much better, much closer series in the Conference Finals against Detroit. That's true. I think had one fewer point than us.
1: Yeah. No, that's very true. Very true.
0: But you know, I mean, it was a fun year. I had fun. Yeah, that's. what and it was a kind about. of, yeah, kind of thing. It was like, if Miller got hot, it wouldn't have been weird at all if they won the cup in 07, even though 06 was a better chance.
1: No, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I think I think you, for the most part, have good takes. To, by the way, just wanted to add that in there.
0: Yeah, well, what's a what's a better take I could have? The real star of that team was Clark MacArthur.
1: Ooh, give me more. Yeah, give me more, no, baby.
0: No, the take that I had like seven years ago that gets so much better with age. This is a take that I'm proud of. I'm yeah. not, it's not a take that's gonna make it made people mad when I first had it, but now it doesn't. They should have kept Campbell more than Drury, and keeping Campbell would have been yep. as important as keeping Briere.
1: Yep, wholeheartedly agree with that one. Definitely. Knowing what 2014. Knowing careers, yes.
0: Oh yeah, people. It took forever for people to go like, oh, actually, it was good they didn't sign Drury because he fell off a goddamn cliff i mean unless their goal was to win like yeah yeah but i mean unless their goal was to win like right away in like 08 and that's tough because those 08 red wings were serious and that's when pittsburgh got good would have been i mean the window was short yep yep. but it could open back up again and i think the person opened it up is Vinny, whatever his last name is (laughs) Vinny,
1: welcome to Buffalo, baby. We're happy to have you here. You know
0: what? I just realized that when I was reading all those names, I didn't even include him. So that's a 13th forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, and Sean Malone, and he'll be in Rochester. He'll be in
1: Rochester. Moves will have to be made, though. That is, yeah. Yeah. That is Vinny,
0: though. You know what? I actually looked at, because I I don't know, I didn't know anything about him before they signed him, but I looked through his, like, I mean, just just going off point totals. He's like, he's not bad. It's a better signing than, like, Shane or like
1: 0.5 points per game. Like, That's not terrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, last year wasn't a good year, but before that, and he's still young. So it's not like he's falling off a cliff, but last year was probably tough for a lot of people, but yeah. Anyway.
1: Well, Taylor, any last thoughts to
0: share then before we call it a day? I might have a recommendation on Sunday. We'll see Monday for the (laughs) listeners.
1: I will have one now, actually a little recommendation slash shameless self plug. Uh, If you're, you're in Buffalo and you're looking for something fun to do on Friday night, my band is playing at thin man brewery on Elmwood at 10 o'clock. Come say what's up. And if you come up to me and say, hello, Taylor, you will potentially be there. I believe. Right. Yeah. If You come up to Taylor and I and say, Hey, How's it going? I listen to the podcast and I'm here because I heard this on the podcast. We will buy you a drink.
0: Yes, Brendan will buy you a drink. I w- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It depends who you say <laughs> hi to first, though.
1: Yes. Yeah, no. But offer is on the table and I will hold on my end of the bargain, whether a drink or a shot. If you show up and you're listening to this right now, come hang out with us. It'll be cool. A bunch of people will be out. It'll be a great night. A lot of fun. Come check it out. Um, But yeah, well, everybody, like we had said before, we will see. You could be listening to this, and this will be totally out of date because Jack Eichel may be traded. Who knows? We'll see. Hopefully, there'll be plenty more to come, though, in the coming days. But as Taylor mentioned before, we will be back with a new episode on Monday. Make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics as well for all of your NHL offseason and NFL offseason coverage. Bill's getting their season started, so make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics and make sure you're keeping up with the Hockey Podcast Network and all of our fellow podcasts to keep up with everything that's been going on in free agency and with trades over the past 24 hours. Make sure you're also checking out DraftKings as well. If you are a DraftKings user, make sure you use our promo code THPN to get exclusive deals on whatever it is that you're looking to make bets on. We'll be back again, as we had said before, with a new episode on Monday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Savers.